Shopping Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the Shed. Rupert, and with me is Chris in the office. Query. Hey, Chris, how you doing today? God darn right. Super well. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Show. Thank, thanks for having me. And oh, my God, another visitor, Chris. Hold on. There's no, there's always somebody at your like door. A, there's like an 80-year-old man standing outside my door. No, you can't come in here. <laughs> Hello, Christopher. It's me. Who are you? It's me, Bernie Standards. And I'm here to talk to you about getting billionaires out of the JavaScript ecosystem. You're the guy with the mittens, right? With the things. That's correct. I wear mittens when I'm coding on websites to keep my my fingers warm. Yeah. So how do you feel about click handlers on divs? They're terrible. They they ruin the dignity of, of human beings. But we need to get the billionaires out of the JavaScript ecosystem. React, owned by a billionaire, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, who, what, you got other? Google owns Angular. Evan, you, probably a billionaire. We don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. We need to get these billionaires out of the JavaScript ecosystem. They're, they're ruining it for everybody. Browsers, too. Browsers are controlled by the tight fists of billionaire and trillionaire corporations. We need to get them out of the open source and uh, the the creative collective commons that is the web. I, I struggle to disagree, old man. I mean, I don't really love how you broke into Dave's cabin, but I guess no, I'm going to go. Gotta... But remember, it's okay to be angry about capitalism, but it's up to us to dismantle the systems of power that affect our everyday lives. Thank you. Well, hey, that guy, Senator Bernie Standards, that was. Wow. Right, right in your own backyard. I didn't even know he went to Austin regularly. Yeah, just kind of comes through. I guess he has my address. That's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. I would oh. think he just he finds live microphones with some kind of radar. Just, just kind of gravitates to him and just yeah. loves the open web. I guess you know that's um interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anywho, what's going on, Chris? <laughs> oh man, well, I don't know. I was thinking about not that I want to dwell on it because I feel like it's a little. I don't know. Like, I'm sensitive to overplayed news lately. I don't know why Ooh. that's on my brain, but I'm like, there's so many shows that are like, whatever happened in tech, you know, like some little story about some little something. Oh, Drake was copied. His song is there's an AI song. So now everything you hear is on that. Like that's what's going to be on Hard Fork, and that's what's going to be on Dithering, and that's going to be all. Oh, it's like it's just. I almost prefer like a. I don't know. We're, we're, last week you were talking about like like a thread. Like I, I don't want to be pulled along by like the news of the moment. I want to like keep on a thought thread for a longer period of time. I'm kind of feeling that at the moment. I think you know it, it's it's funny. Just like switching to Mastodon. I know like Andy Bell hates it. Andy Bell hates Mastodon. It's boring, and I agree. It's boring, but man, it is giving me life. I just you I know tend like to disagree with Andy on this one. As much as I love you, buddy. But it, uh, it depends on where you are, I think, and what you need out of social media at the moment. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. just could care less about Twitter. I even check it in at least a couple of times a week just because something something happens. Like, there's a newsletter I read, and it links to a tweet. So I click the thing, and all of a sudden, I'm on Twitter. So it's irresistible to click the at least the at mentions tab or something and see if you're being talked about in some way. And then I'm, you know, I'm back in there. And I find it lifeless, my my time for 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 my niche of web dev stuff, 
lifeless of that type of thing. And then I my blog post auto publishes there. And I don't demand like high engagement out of that. It's just a title with a freaking link on it. But the amount of like likes and stuff on there is just it's nobody I recognize. It's just it feels lifeless to me. Yeah. Or in like um uh, you know I recently, right, Musk changed how Twitter uh check marks work right so advertisers get like a yellow check mark that's cool <laughs> not um but then uh which maybe that's actually okay to validate like this isn't a advertiser of like a reputable company or something um but the then like you pay for your blue check mark and that's like gives people visibility i actually am not opposed to like paying for a service that's actually super cool uh i i think like you should pay for something you like, right? And and maybe yeah. you should highlight people who pay for the service so that other people CodePen Pro, great example, right? Pay for a service you oh, like. Oh gosh. Yeah, no doubt, right? You get a big old yellow pro badge next to your name. I think that's cool. Uh I, I think it's really bastardized, but I, I've seen people who are like, oh man, you know, maybe I will sign up for uh Twitter blue because you know it gives me editing and it gives me uh longer videos or it gives me you know like a couple other features and and I just was like thinking I was like all of these features are available on Mastodon for free <laughs> like you can edit posts on Mastodon for free you can uh mm. I don't know like have video longer videos I guess on Mastodon if you run your own instance I guess but it's sort of up to your instance owner but you know it's nice you can even do the like oops I forgot the alt text I'm gonna add it edit which oh is a nice a nice one for Mastodon good revolutionary. job revolutionary yeah and we're supposed to still on elk right I feel like the elk team needs to uh needs to start accepting my money somehow it is a tremendously nice website experience for Mastodon my elk gosh is wonderful there's actually a little heart button so you can sponsor uh the elk team uh in the hubs so maybe I'll do yeah, that for money that's okay um, but I like the like I like the like I want something you, right right you know like give me a give me a something a cool feature and I'll give you some money this just seems like a fair trade I don't know I'll tell yeah. you what I want elk team I want to make polls you don't have that in your yeah. authoring experience. Make that pro. I don't know. Yeah, make that. I, I'm up for it. I'll do a pro badge. Give me a pro badge. Um, yeah, pro me up, baby. Uh, I forgot how we got to this. You're, you're saying like news. Yeah, it's like news. It started with AI, which I will circle back to in 100 years. Yeah, like Tyler Sticka had this really good post just like, you know, about how, you know, he's like Mastodon has confirmed like, what I already knew is like I'm better at picking, <laughs> curating my feed than an algorithm is. And I thought that was beautiful. I, I just thought like, yeah, like I, if I, I can control who's in and out or mute or block or whoever I mm -hmm. want. And mm -hmm. that is, that's beautiful. Like that's a beautiful way to, to enjoy the web. So I'm using that as an example because, like, you know, I, I find myself way less blasted by news and I can, mm -hmm. and, and I say blasted in, like, emotionally manipulated sense. It's like, hey, man, you were just caring about this. Now you got to care about this other big thing. And now you got to care about, now right. you got to be mad about this thing. And now you got to be, and, like, that's what I feel like Twitter does to you is it just, right like, throws you around, like, you know. Like a beach ball. So part of me, I think that's a, it's a criticism that I, and I hear it. I've heard it a couple times. And just this week is that like, that's what you don't get though, is some kind of zeitgeist out of 
your mastodons. There's no like, I know what's happening because uh, essentially because there's an algorithm that's telling me so. Like, I know what's hot right now. But as soon as there is that, it turns into the, you know, the outrage machine or, or whatever. So that's dangerous. And I feel like that's what people push back against and what they miss. It's like right. both. It's so yeah. tricky, tricky. I mean, like, yeah, there, there's a few, like, this is very macabre. It's very weird to be like, hey, download my app when there's like a school shooting happening or something like that, you know, like very dark, but it's just like, right. you know, it's, it's, so you do have to like read the room and like, I would say Mastodon's weakness is there's no real room. So you don't, mm. <laughs> you may not know what's happening when you start it, you know, like, uh, so it, it's, yeah. So you do have to read the room and like figure out, I don't know, you have to take a broader approach, but that's where like pairing it with RSS is awesome. Cause I can get my news in a really slow format. Um, mm-hmm. pairing it with like a YouTube feed of news resources you trust is also helping me. But so AI, you're saying AI. Well, yeah, that is on my mind a little bit because the Washington Post had a great article about kind of proving what a model was trained on, which seems unbelievable that that has to be breaking news. It's like, oh, we, we figured it out, people. This big company that have released public products trained on public content just straight up didn't tell us what it was trained on, which feels like should be almost like illegal. Like what? Yeah. So anyway, they figured it out because there's some they used science and researchers and some cool open source project that that unearths it somehow. But they figured out the websites that it was trained on. Now, some of that was was juicy because it was like, oh, look at this horrible crap it was trained on. You know, some neo-Nazi site or whatever. Like, wow, really? That made Nazis in the uh... super neat. Good job. Yeah. But you know, people were vanity searching it. You know, show like what was my website in there? I was curious, of course, if CSS Tricks was in there because I, I've used Bard. I have, I even have a little AI, uh, you know, space in Arc that has all the like AI tools on, it so I can click over to one and and use it because I'm trying not to be ignorant of how it all works and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. Bard is an easy one to bookmark and just use real quick because once you're in, it's just a URL and you can use it. And once in a while, I'll pop over there and type something into it that seems interesting or whatever. And, 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 and I can type in, you know, I, I wrote this, but I needed like a rainbow gradient, you know, and I, I know what that looks like in in, in CSS. It's just a, a linear gradient with a bunch of color stops of, mm-hmm. you know, red, green, blue, whatever. But also like choose nice colors. Like if you just use the named colors, it doesn't turn out as nicely as, you know, somebody's nice hand-picked rainbow colors. And it, and it complied nicely, but I'm like, okay, so where'd you get that? Probably Stack Overflow, you know, I don't know what you're scraping, mm-hmm. but there's so much code there. Code, uh, I was curious if CodePen would be on the list. It's not. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So uh, no, no pens were used in Bard's model. Notably, OpenAI publishes absolutely nothing. Open AI, Dave, publishes absolutely nothing about what right, they train right. their stuff Classic on. Classic open source maneuver to not publish stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Closed AI, maybe better name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the, but it's trained on a bunch of things that know CSS, right? Was CSS mm-hmm. Tricks one of those sources? Yes, it absolutely was. With millions of tokens or whatever it was the training data that it, it pulled from that. You know, am I absolutely furious about that? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere 
above mildly displeased. You know, nobody asked me. Nobody provided me an opt out. Nobody did nothing. You know, right now that is just publicly posted on the Internet. So nobody had to ask me to visit my website either. Google didn't ask me if they could scrape my or, you know, learn from my website in which to build a search engine. And I'm not mad about that, but I'm not mad about it because it was it helps people find the content. It helps drive traffic to the website, which helped me build a business around that. There was a lot of like helping people do something involved there. And now all of a sudden that math has changed because it's I don't. Uh, we're just going to read all your content and provide another product and not send people there and not tell people where it came from. That's like a different math to me. Mm-hmm. Like we want to provide the answer based on your content and not, not tell people where it came from and not send people there. That's just different. And you get no credit basically. Yeah. Credit, traffic, nothing. I get absolutely nothing out of this. I looked up, Looked it up myself, and I got to wonder, Chris, did they not see the copyright in my footer? Because <laughs> I put, I have that, yeah. they update that every year and pretty religiously, and I'm surprised they even had the gall to do that, you know? Right. But there's nuance, of course, because they're not just, you don't type in a search term and it outputs an exact paragraph that Dave Rupert wrote. That's not what happens. It's just training data. It just, it will outload a paragraph that might be highly informed by something it read on DaveRupert.com, but it is not, it's not like plagiarism. They didn't just copy and paste your paragraph. It's 0.001% Dave Rupert-ish. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm doing what I don't want the tech news to do, but that's why the Drake thing is interesting, too. It's not a copyright violation because it didn't sample anything from a Drake song. It just sounds like one because of the training data. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's like it's, you know, it's not it's not illegal to figure out Drake's formula and write a song that's similar to his. It maybe makes you look like a chump. But it um, it's not illegal. Uh, Yet. <laughs> you think, who's that? Owl City. You know, they copied Postal Service one-to-one. You know, mm. uh, that's the whole band built off of that, of copying something. But yeah, no, it's an um, interesting world. I, I think it's, I think what's interesting to me, you had some things at the end of your post. You're like, you know, what you wanted to see. Do you want to talk about those or like, well, kind of just cause it's like, it's one thing to, to complain. Yeah. But you know, this even comes up at work and professionally, I think for all of us is that you can criticize, let's say what somebody else is doing at work. Like, I don't like that. I don't think we should do that. That's easy to do. Mm-hmm. What you need to do though, is not just criticize, but say, I think we should do this instead. Right. And that's, harder to do, right? It takes some more, some more thinking. And like, I think decent general advice is like, hold your criticism until you have an answer to that question. Cause just being critical with no alternative is just so useless, you know? Yeah. Unless what you're saying is like, I I'm criticizing it because I think it's like harmful to society or whatever. At least you, you're, you're rationalizing why you're against it. That's, I think that's okay. But if it's just like, that's a bad technical choice, you're like, really? With no context and no alternative, not useful. Right. So rather than just criticize AI, I'm saying, okay, maybe it's useful, but allow me to opt out or better opt in. But, you know, baby steps. Yeah, they kind of juke the whole 
that whole thing. They know opt-in yeah. is better, but they just said, well, we wouldn't get a good product if we yeah. made people New York Times opt-in. It's, it's 15 million It's fifteen million websites. That's a lot of websites, but it's. I, I bet you could have 15 million rows in a Google Doc or a, a Google Sheets thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just tell me what websites you used. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, why not? Why is that so secret? Yeah. And and allow me to opt out of it, and you know, I but I think you can't, you know, because of immature technical reasons. Like mm-hmm. training a model takes a really long time and a lot of computer power. So if one website says I don't want to be in that model, you have to like stop and rejigger your model, right? Which could take another whatever three months of computer power to do. Well, then fix it. You know, have a period that allows people to opt out, and then and then you say, well, after this date, we're going to start training the model so that's the the cutoff time for it or something for god's sakes yeah and then and then and then credit the source if you can like if you're if the technology is too immature to do that then wait longer keep working on it then it's not like you know it's not like whatever orville wright took a plane in the air and then started delta airlines with his rickety ass stick model you know it was like oh maybe we should wait until it's safe for consumers before selling tickets uh yeah no that that like credit one is big to me and and i like i would probably go attempt to do it i think they kind of do really i don't yeah i don't know but i i would actually go like a step further and say i i think it's maybe a human right to know if if a computer's making an algorithmic decision and showing you content that was generated you have the right to know that i I feel like you do right like i feel like you should have the right to know that i feel like you should have a right to know how it got to this what sources like you're saying informed Mm -hmm. it and how it got to this like so because because if i'm reading an algorithmically generated news site and just oh you know it's just like eight percent nazi like I should be able to do that. If my dad sends me a link or whatever, I should be able to go like, cool dad, but that is, that is 82% mm. Nazi dad. So we, we don't, we don't like that one. You know, I feel like you, we have a human right. Possibly uh, it's not one now, but like we have a human right to know that stuff. You're mid journey. You need to like a human right to know like what prompt generated this or what series of prompts. Unlike the artists that find out just because if you type in, you know, a banana, like Paula Shear would draw it. Well, guess who it was trained on then, if it can pull that off, you know? Yeah. No, they, it, ju- they just have to find out through guess and check or whatever. Why is it that way, though, Dave? Is it is it secret because it's proprietary? Is it secret because they, they think this is big business, and if they give away their secret sauce, then that's giving away their business advantage? Like, if you tell us how it was trained, that's... I think, you know, people have put $10 billion, Microsoft has put like $10 billion into this or something. So it's just like they want it to succeed and not be reproducible or I think also exploitable. I mean, you looked at what happened with like the Swift AI, do you like where Microsoft made that chatbot that like uh, that, you know, people from 4chan quickly turned it into a white supremacist like chatbot. Like, Mm. I mean... Like, I, I think anytime you show the rules, you now have a chance for exploitation. Like people, human nature is like, I am going to break it. Like, that's a very, very big, cool thing. I'm going to go break it. That's like human nature. Like we try, just try to storm castles because we're just curious monkeys. I don't know. But mm. like, I, so that's like one part of it. But I, I just, you know, 
Uh, like you should have a right to to know if something was algorithmically generated. If you're talking to somebody and it's actually just a robot, you should know. Like uh, you know, if, if you're in a chat with somebody, like I, yeah, I suppose the pushback would be like, oh, we always say, you know, this thing can hallucinate. We told you. Right. But like, okay, how'd you get to this hallucination? You know, it's just like, well, I just made it up. I chose bad, 10 bad words or something like that. I, yeah, I, I feel like that's like my number one is like, you have the right to know. And I realize it's hard. Like, you know, where does it go in my GitHub copilot? Maybe it's just a comment that says like, here's a link to how this came out or something, you know, how this like a document of how this was made or something like that. And then at what point does the robot barf become my barf? Because I take the robot barf and then I massage it and edit it. Does it turn back into my barf or what? You know? Mm. Yeah. I, I wonder if, if that, you know, I, I hadn't mentioned GitHub Copilot yet. I did in my post that I, that I'm a user. I wonder if our, like our criticism is tempered once AI is, you know, air quote AI. I'm re- I'm getting a little sick of using that word when it's like, uh, predict a text. Yeah. Not that, right? yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that I benefit so much from it that I'm like less apt to criticize it. You're like, Oh, don't take my co-pilot though. I like that one. We don't like to criticize or hear criticism about the thing that makes us powerful. You know, like, like we, we don't like to do that. I also like my other hot take would be, I, I think like if we're talking about AI and how awesome and productive it's going to make us like, uh, Josh Como had a great blog post about this, right? It's going to eliminate all the boring, tedious work. And I super agree. Uh, actually, I just, let me pull this up. Let me, let me, let me find this. I found a, like a GitHub release some stats on how generative AI is changing the way developers work. Ooh, got a post for us, right? Look at me Ooh. being relevant. God, first time in shop talk history. <laughs> Holy shit. Some kind of money quote here is in one study we found get that developers who use GitHub Copilot reported feeling 88% more productive. So that's the qualitative study, right? Mm-hmm. Those reports were supported by quantitative research, which found out that developers using GitHub Copilot coded up to 55% faster than those oh. who didn't. Wow. So 55% faster. I hear that and I think in Dave's brain, I'm going to be 55% more productive. Like literally... Like things are gonna take half as long. That's is that how I'm reading it? Like, or is that two hundred percent more of productive? That specific task anyway. that you do in the day. Yeah, percentages are hard, aren't I they? I hate that. Does yeah, it mean I, that you'll be a hundred and fifty percent of your current speed? Is that what that means? I think that's what that means. So I'll be like one point five x podcast. So all right, cool. So Got I'm one point five x Dave now. Uh, not quite a ten x Dave, but I'm one point five x Dave. That's great. I hear that and think, great, I'm going to get so much done. And my brain could easily be like, I'm going to get so much done and take a break. But I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to do 1.5x work for no extra money and no X. I actually lose money because I'm paying for Copilot, but I get no extra money and I get maybe I get extra money if I'm making my company better. Let's let's punt on that, right? But they're okay. Yep. I'm, Trent is not like, hey, Dave, man, that was one point five x faster. Let's go get your raise. Like that's not happening, right? Like, right. So then your boss at your job probably is not like, man, you are really fast. Uh, I see where you're going with this. So what you needed, you, rather than faster, it would be nice if you just had to work 
1.5x less hard or you spend. Yeah, where's my where's my cutback, right? Like I'm just giving free money to the capitalist machine, you know, or, or I'm giving a free productivity. And, and this is over the long course. Plus like, you used your brain a little less in producing that code. So like maybe it's not quite as good. Right. Or or maybe maybe it's a net wash. Like I'm faster, but I it's poor quality or it's uh, I didn't use my brain. So why should I get paid for not using my brain? Uh, and this is on, in the long arc of human history. Like we have become way more productive since computers showed up. But like the average, look, I just wrote a book by Bernie Sanders. Um, we, we've become more productive, but we haven't got more money, right? Like the middle class is still like stagnant wages. Um, those of us in tech are probably towards the upper echelon of that. And we're probably doing great. But like most people since the dawn of computers, they've gotten more productive, but haven't gone up in salary. So all this is to say, I think when we talk about AI making us more productive, I think we kind of also need to talk about universal basic income as like something we probably have to start thinking about. Dave Rupert doesn't actually know if the math works. Like, I don't want to get into like a Mm -hmm. Republican versus Democrat fight. That's not what I'm asserting, but I'm asserting like people are now losing their jobs. Like I heard this company laid off its entire copywriting team. Like they went down or like went like laid off 85% of their team uh, and went down to a skeleton crew. And that skeleton's crew's job is now to review AI. Like, is that the future we want? Like, like that company now has like cheaper, freer content that just gets reviewed, you know, inverse is like, you know, and this is going to happen to lawyers. This is going to happen to uh, YouTubers. <laughs> you know, this is going to happen to uh, developers. Don't you, can like, you, don't you imagine AIs are already being trained on AI generated content? At what time does that, is that incestuous? To well, it's, that's interesting too. Um, Sorry, I'm just I'll like Yeah, you're going everywhere. I like the idea that the one where it's like free pizza will be provided for those who work until 7 p.m. or whatever. That's the analogy I think of is that like we're giving you this amazing tool because all it does is make you have to work harder, you know? It's like it's the same in the same vein as that. Cuz I get more out of you. <laughs> Monopoly <laughs> man <laughs> laugh, you know? Yeah. Like um but there's like a I, I was just reading on Kotkey uh, favorite blog. Um, it, it's this Ted Chiang chat GPT is a blurry JPEG of the web links out to a, uh, I don't even know what blog this is on, but it links out to an article over on New Yorker. Ooh, fancy. Now you know it's real, <laughs> real pretentious. Um, but w one thing he said, he called out, uh, I think Ted, uh, and cocky was like, um, it's interesting that ChatGPT is not training itself on ChatGPT because ChatGPT knows that ChatGPT is just garbage <laughs> hallucinations. So yeah, feed me the good stuff. I want a human authored sentence, you know, a nice juicy rib of human sentences. When you're like, I'm going to replace BuzzFeed, which just went out of business or whatever, like BuzzFeed News with ChatGPT Buzz News you actually are undermining your own authority <laughs> because now you're now a resource which chat GPT is like, nah, we're not even going to touch this. Like we don't let, you know, you fall off that big list uh, because you're not even a, a source of authority. It's very interesting. If they even know, you know, 
I mean, just lightly. I don't know. Is there a is there an, uh, an AI detector? I got to got to imagine there is. I think Stanford brains are working on that or something. But yeah. Oh, interesting. But yeah, you change a couple of words around and then it's not, you know, which is what they want you to do. That's kind of the point. I mean, at least that's the public facing thing is, you know, don't just review and hit publish. This is just a, it's just for the table of contents, Dave. It's just yeah, the ideas. The, it's a drug well, dealer I'm sure model. that's how everybody's using it. I'm sure people are highly editing all this free copy they're getting. Dude, bro, I'm not even reading it. I'm just sitting tab and hitting send. Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah, tell me about uh, it. But all that, well, I think people are reading it. I know people, I, and here's the thing, like, I think there's a positive side where teams, small teams can stay small. And that's a gift to America and capitalism and small businesses. Like, like I don't have to hire 20 content people if I just, you know, have chat GPT do it. And then I, like, kind of edit the content. But, you know, I've also taken work out of this work system. So that's why I think like universal basic income is probably something we should be talking about. And I, I, I believe like two out of 10 strongs, <laughs> strong feelings about that, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just, but I, I think it's something we should probably start opening the door to and talking about, because I, I think like it's, it's already changing things. So, so careful, I guess. Indeed. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you by Front End Masters. That's frontendmasters.com. Uh, hey, Dave. They're pretty good, right? Uh, I'm a big fan, big fan. Heck yeah, they're a super, I, I don't know, they just run a good business over there. Lots of good learning material. One thing you should do is click that learn link in the header. You'll take to their learning paths area, just slash learning at Frontend Masters. And this is what I was so envious of when I was running CSS Tricks is that I never had like course material that was like, start here do these things and it will train your brain forward in this arena. CSS Tricks was never good at that. It was more like a newspaper or just somewhere where you just like landed via Google or whatever. This is better than that. This, <laughs> this is learning done right because you, you know, there's like this big SVG circle that fills out the percentages of, of finishing a course. It gives you that satisfaction of actually learning something, right? Yeah. my The way my brain works is like, you know, I it's so much easier to follow a course like end to end versus like piecing together 52 different blog posts and YouTube videos and stuff like that and hoping I understand like React or something like that. So uh, that's what I really like about Front End Masters is like it's taught by experts, everything like that. Yeah, man. But it, and it it's great. And one of the most common questions on Shop Talk Show is like, what do I need to learn next or whatever? Well, there's your answer. There's like 10, 15, 20 courses that you can just like go through and uh, just A to Z it. Go for it. Yeah, dude. Frontendmasters.com. Um, I have a comment here from one Matt Bloomfield who writes in, Chris, me, often bags on PHP for not having prettier, but I've wondered if he's ever used... PHP Storm or PHP 8. As a JS dev who recently jumped back into PHP, I've been pleasantly surprised at how great the DX is now. That's developer experience, y'all. With and with Storm, I guess PHP Storm, um, which is like a software product that 
integrated editor. All the autocomplete goodness is in there, plus all the benefits of TypeScript, since now you can declare types in PHP, and it even suggests better ways to write your code as it's always executing in the background and linting for bugs slash unnecessary conditions, etc. Um, I think that's super cool. <laughs> like, if you're writing PHP, the the people in my life who are big time PHP writers, I'm thinking of the uh, the craft CMS fellas that live here in Bend and we chat, are totally PHP Storm people. Like, it's an editor that's just for that language, and yes, it's executing and finding issues and stuff with your PHP way smarter than an editor that's not doing that is doing it. That seems great. I haven't used it, Matt, so I, I, don't, I don't know exactly. It does feel like I'm missing out a little bit because of all the, the amount of WordPress sites I've worked on with PHP in them over the years has been enough probably to have warranted it. I just never did it. So my, my bad. I think it's awesome there. And I think it's awesome there's like opportunities. Does that make sense? Like, like, uh, like, hey, we can do this better than another one just because, like, we understand this and um, really well. Like, Shouldn't we can there do be that. like a JavaScript storm. It's like the biggest language other yeah, than probably. Python. Right? I mean, is JS Storm really just VS Code? Maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> it probably, yeah, because of the insane TypeScript. TypeScript works freaking great in VS Code. Right. Right. Really. So nice. maybe that's what it is, but. Um, but you know, PHP Storms from JetBrains, they have uh what's their main software? Is it JetBrains? That's uh Yeah, I guess. The the Java one, IntelliJ. IntelliJ, yeah. that's what it kind is. Of a sleeper awesome company. Not sleeper, but just I don't I don't hear it talked about that much, but it seems like yeah. they do really good work. And then they do these like little side things that are like, oh, that's nice. Like Kotlin or whatever, and they don't they made a font that's super nice. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Good job, JetBrains. One of the good ones, apparently. Yeah. So until we hear that you fired everybody or something, or you like <laughs> leak data to Russia or something. Yeah. But anyway, they for um, now, pretty yeah, good. for now, okay. But they uh the yeah like you know who is it um Alex uh Fimian over there he does um hey Alex he, he uses a uh is it WebStorm or PHP is it PHP is it JetBrains's WebStorm I, I feel like I should know that yeah WebStorm. Uh, he likes that. Like it's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's like some, I, I think like you can, oh, that's exactly what it is. The yeah. smartest JavaScript IDE. Oh, Hilarious. Well, we did wow. it. We found it. Where are we? Um, anyway, I think it's, I like, it's very cool. There are very cool distinctive features about it. Um, I personally like my, there's something weird. It's like I was an Atom user and not a sublime user, you know, like, and so, mm-hmm. like going like JetBrains and in that sort of vibe or that like style that there's some stylistic choices in there, never like sat with me exactly. You know, like like it was like I'm not going to use that. And I like I kind of dragged myself to VS Code, sort of kicking and screaming, but it had really good Node support, so I switched over mm. to that. But I don't know. I'm so like I was like Coda and then Atom, and then it's like and it was a a downgrade to go to VS Code because it's kind of ugly as sin. So, um, so anyway, it's really hard for me to like pick up one of these Java-based ones or, or kind of Java-y ones. But 
if it's working for you, that's awesome. I think it's great. I like if you're working on Laravel sites, why would you use anything else? You know, like <laughs> or craft CMS sites. Use the PHP. Right. Thing. So I wonder, is that their most popular one? Now that I I feel wildly ignorant now. If you go to jetbrains.com and open up developer tools, where you find WebStorm and PHP Storm is in this list with like 10 plus others. There's a Go specific one called GoLand. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm downloading this. You're going for you're going to GoLand? Well, I got to try it. We're going to GoLand. GoLand. I have a I have a problem in my Let's see. I'm gonna, this is esoteric, but I'm going to run it by you. You because you have a mono repo too, right? Got Generally, a mono repo. Do you open the whole mono repo? Do you use VS Code? I'm sure you do, right? I use VS Code. Yes. So you do you drag the folder for the entire mono repo onto VS Code, or are you like picky about which particular folders in the mono repo you open? Oof, this is a configuration issue I'm re- having, and I wish I could pay somebody to fix this. I opened the whole repo. I opened the whole thing. The whole thing, um, okay. And if I had code workspaces, I would get like a flattened list of all my apps and packages, you know? Um, yeah. But if I enable code we- workspaces, all of a sudden my just tests quit running automatically. <laughs> and mm. so th- there's this weird, I'm in a fugue state where where Vitor, VS Code, and Jest all hate each other. So that they it's sort of like when you get into like a prettier editor config ES lint debacle. I'm I'm kind of Yeah, in that's that. a thing, right? Cuz if you open just a sub part of your mono repo, it doesn't know about it can't like reach up higher to get a higher prettier config or whatever. Yeah, if you yeah, that's kind of an issue. So like that's why I opened root cuz they're all sharing the same like just config or whatever. Yeah. Right. Plus extensions. Like it's just config and then like whatever. Who knows what else? Your freaking TypeScript types and all kinds of stuff. Like it really behooves you, I think, to open the whole mono repo. In a way, it's one of the list of reasons to have a mono repo. Mm-hmm. It's because it's yeah. so nice to like do a, you know, find and project and find some keyword across everything because it gives you a better picture of what's happening. I very much prefer to open that way. And you know, 80% of the time, that's what I do. Although it's interesting, I, you know, I work, some people at Copen are so fast at like using the terminal and stuff that, you know, cause you can type like, for example, code is the CLI code command dot, for VS code. Yeah. yeah code yeah. dot. And they're so adept at like CDing around to directories that if you know the stuff right away, they only open the folders they know they're going to need. And they're so fast at doing it from the command line that, that's just how they roll. Um, but I'm just like, I have a workspace set up that I just do one click on this file and it opens my my root thing. Here's the problem. Um, Go specifically for us, and I'm, I'm sure this is fixable. It's just one of those fiddly things that none of us have like really honed in on why. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that the Go code, when you have the mono repo open, just doesn't behave correctly. And Go works great in VS Code. Like it's it's a it's like TypeScript. Anything that you hover over, it's giving you what type is that thing, and where is it defined, and what's the implementation, and show me the type definition, and all this great stuff works totally nicely in VS Code. Although I'm excited to try GoLand, see how it goes. But it doesn't work unless you open like the root of our Go stuff alone. 
as a folder in VS Code. Mm-hmm. You can have other folders next to it, but you can't open the mono repo above it. It just all breaks. You open a Go and all the all the stuff has squigglies on it and stuff. Like I said, there's probably some way to to fix it, but nobody's been really been able to figure it out. And the the prevailing thing is just like, well, just don't open the whole mono repo when you're working on Go stuff. Then anyway, that's all. Maybe maybe GoLand can fix it for me. I'm gonna try it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I feel like there's a job out there like I fix <laughs> your editor config. <laughs> Like if, yeah, like if you had, <laughs> I would literally probably. It's a five hundred dollar problem to me, probably right. Like, like, hey, could you download this, get it set up vaguely how I have it set up, and then fix it? You know, here's this yeah. was like, yeah, and and tune it up, make it super cool. I mean, like, like Wes Boss used to have like cool courses on how to use Sublime real well, you know, and uh, yeah, like. Those are cool, like, but I, I feel like I just need somebody who's like, I am friggin' pro at setting these, re- like, setting up your editors and stuff. Like, I, I that would be cool. Because my other developer, Kyle, he's got a different setup, and we don't know what the difference is. Like, did one of us hit a setting or not? You know, like, he's got a different problem. Like, if he adds this, something else falls over, you know. It's like a bar stool and another bar thing, you know, but for editor configs them I, I like that idea and the, and then like spit shine it up too you know like install like the the nicest icon thing and like throw me like make sure dracula's in there i like that one you know <laughs> do stuff like that yeah like do you know like here's like here's stuff i can list out services here's stuff i can do you know or like we have turbo repo here's another question i have i don't even know if this is possible we have turbo repo i think i saw your thing like you run a command and it spits up opens tmux and opens up a bunch of windows right like so process a b and c are all happening in different uh terminal shells like different shells yeah yeah i'm a little obsessed with it still but um yeah well we kind of have to cuz there's probably 15 at this point like things that need to be running Right. Uh, for like a fully, totally, fully functional thing. And we're pretty big on like that our dev environment is like very close to production mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in all ways, you know, all things. So like that's a lot of services. And in no world can you ask a developer to like, well, make make a new terminal tab and type this, make a new terminal tab and type this, make a new terminal tab and type for this. Sure. It's like, no, no, you just type run code pen and it just run code pen. It just opens up tmux and what tmux does then is it like simulates tabs in a terminal which is nice because it it's not terminal specific then anybody can run it yeah it doesn't matter what terminal you use yeah. like uh so i we in turbo repo we the way we have it set up is i do like npm run dev or whatever and then it goes into every repo and runs npm run dev or like we te- can teach it which repos need what right so it'll go into each each one and start up what it needs to do and yeah starts up a docker to i think locally for like this weird message queue service we have that it's awesome but all the feeds all the queue or all the like logging is all happening in one big window you know and so it's kind of like i don't know who's mad unless i like really like zero in on the logging you know string um, we, we have it the best we can, but I think like what would be cooler is if when I say NPM run dev to turbo repo, it does the Tmux thing and gives me five, you know, opens up a shell for each process. And then I get like, you know, all these shells going 
that would be, feel very powerful to me. So it's stuff like that. Like I, I would like that. Uh, like, could I, could, is this mythical person who tunes up these repos, are they, uh, do they, put, you know, are they doing that? You know, there's other things like, I don't know. Could I switch over? We're using like TSC to like compile stuff and then we run node yeah. and stuff. Like just in case we're not using TypeScript, but just in case somebody is using TypeScript in the dependency. Wow. Board, you know? Yeah. But is it possible to use Vite instead or something, you know, like, and is that safe in production? That's stuff I'm interested in, but I just don't know, you know, like, like, should I just run Vite instead? You know, like, and, but you, you probably don't want to run Vite in production. So do you just run a Vite build or like, what do you do? And V building a node app, that seems stupid to me. So should I just switch to Dino? Tell me what to do, mythical person. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. Prepare a report. Prepare a presentation for me on my, my own yeah. code base. Dave's probably just needs to hire a DevOps backend person. That's probably what's actually actually where we're headed. But uh, Well, it's nice when you can share all the work, too. It's one thing to be like, you know what I'm going to do this weekend, even though it's totally unhealthy to do a bunch of stupid work on the weekend. But, you know, I'm going to, you know, in, in this mythical time where there's no meetings and I can just focus on some esoteric thing, get our dev environment all cleaned up yeah you know it's nice to be able to clean it up and then share that cleanness you know which is i don't know yeah right mm -hmm. it, which is not always possible in all ways you know so it's, it's nice to make sure that it's set up so whatever you do is is kind of shareable or at least documented yeah no i mean i think like yeah if it can go in the repo that's awesome and vs code does pretty good at that but yeah i don't know rory hendrickson here Dave, uh oh, I'm on getting, I'm on blast. I don't, we, uh, it seems like probably in reference to something you mentioned, but it's a, you know, we don't always do these like questions right after we get them, you know? Yeah. Couldn't exactly tell you how old this is, although we, I, you do use Notion here, so it should say a date, maybe it doesn't. Okay. Sorry. This, you know, who knows? This could be a minute old. Dave, sure. have you tried Boxy SVG? The URL is boxy svg.com. The best vector editor plus web app. I've used I've used it every, uh, because everything from maps to actual SVG plus you can inspect the SVG code that generates. I've heavily used Illustrator in the past and drawing tools are almost on par with it. I swear I have no affiliation. That's kind of cool. I like this. You know what I think this is maybe in reference to is like I wanted to draw stuff and but have it be vectors maybe. Yeah. Um, like for like blog posts and stuff. Just this, really quick, you know, draw yeah. it and then get it out. Oh man, dude, I have four blog posts blocked because I want to make a, put a chart and graph in there, like a hand drawn chart. Oh yeah. Who, I got another one for you then. Let me find it. My hand drawn charts.net. Tell no. me. That. Um, I freaking love this though. <laughs> it's a really nice web app. It's not going to solve your problems. I don't think just yet, but just know that it exists. I'll discord you. Because we're right, in Discord huh? together. It's just, it's called Perfect Freehand. I think it's a Ooh. GitHub repo, so you could kind of use it anywhere. And that that URL is the um, kind of the hosted one. Oh, look, it looks it even has a better URL. Did you write that or did you, wait, did you write no, hey, just, that? That's what it comes with. Okay. I was like, yeah, handwriting is hey. amazing. <laughs> it does. But, but you try it. Like right above where it says, hey, 
just you try to copy it, eh, it's a little janky. But it still looks cool, right? Like it, yeah. there's some kind of magic done that as you're writing, it's smoothing it out and making it look like Busy a little better curves. than it should. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. But it's not just for drawing letters. You know, just hit clear in the bottom. You can draw whatever. And I think I do think blog posts benefit from that as a quick little sketch of something. You know, like a box with an arrow that points to another thing, you know, just as a little interlude that explains kind of what you're talking about. I did it the other day in a blog post. It worked out pretty good. What this is missing is a one-click button to save it as an SVG, but it has copy to SVG. <laughs> You'll never guess what Dave just drew and sent Definitely it to me. Definitely not a butt. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that is an illustration style that looks nice in the type of blogging that you and I do, I think. That's it. This is it. This feels like, does it work with pen tools? Can I pull it up on the old iPad? Or I I'm going to try oh, that out. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant pen tools like click, drag, illustrator, vector points. No, because this is exactly what I want. Like these, both of these tools, Boxy and um, uh, Freehand, is that what it's called? Perfect um, Freehand. Perfect it's Freehand. Nice. It's very nice. And I, I might use it because... I think I saw your drawing and I was like, how does he do that? So, um, yeah, no, I, I, this is very, uh, up my alley. I found an iPad flow that worked pretty good too, because I, I forget the exact app name. I'll have to dig it up, but you know, it's one of the popular drawing ones that do work with pens. I don't even have an iPad pen, but it works fine with your finger too. So you, you know, you draw some stuff, but the beauty of the iPad one was that you could just hit the little share icon and then hit copy image, which mm -hmm. is what. What this does too, it's just that SVG does di didn't paste into the block editor in WordPress for me. It pasted as text, yeah, not image. Yeah. Okay. But for whatever reason, on the iPad app, this app that would copy as SVG, I could hit copy from the iPad and then on my laptop just immediately hit paste because of the shared clipboard scene on iOS, mm -hmm. shared between macOS and iOS, you know, which I've heard from some people is like, <laughs> it's the one reason I'd never leave back is the shared clipboard works so freaking flawlessly. It's unbelievable to me. Oh, uh, between iOS, yeah, yeah. I can, I can open my phone, flick around in my images, long click on an image and just say copy and then from my phone and then without doing anything at all just be in a wordpress post and hit command v and that photo from my phone pastes it's like wow yeah that i've done that by accident before that and it was very <laughs> magical i have a cloud tabs is actually pretty cool too like which i you maybe can do with other stuff like google cloud sync or something or edge cloud sync but mm. I actually, I had all these blog posts open and Arc likes to close tabs, I found out. You know, that's a feature of Arc is it just uh, unloads oh, your stuff. I can't stand it, I tell it. That's the one thing I don't like. And people love it about Arc. That's like, it's a touted, beloved feature that it auto-closes your tabs. But I am way too OCD for that. Like, I close my tabs. Well, yeah, I, I'm on <laughs> the fence because I'm like 100% uh -huh. uh, Please rescue me from my own devices. <laughs> like, like I am gonna wreck my brain in, if somebody doesn't come through and do some cleaning, you know. Uh, but I actually opened up Safari and I put all these tabs I was trying to keep because it was just, you know, I had one of those big brain days where I'm following links, and I probably got 20 tabs, and now it's all synced to my iPad, you know. But um, I, I need to actually read the articles. There's, it's been 
<laughs> Safari's been open for like three weeks. But um, anyway, I just, uh, I, I think like uh, maybe that's what I do this weekend. But uh, this is, I, it, it's, that's a cool feature. Like when you're in an ecosystem and the cross device story is very good, that's a good, yeah, it's a good feeling. So, yeah, better than how my phone and my iPad never knew about my Windows machine. A little bit better than that. Yeah. But the curse is your whole computer explodes if you get a phone call. So, and that's also, that's a bad thing. So, yeah. Because it was so bad, I somehow said, ignore every call. I don't. And now I'd get no phone calls, even like when the school nurse is saying, hey, come pick up your kid. So now I don't even get those calls. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. So anyway, hey. Um, thanks for the link to to Boxy. I had seen that before. You know, SVG yeah, was thanks, a part of my life for a minute while I was writing that book and, and stuff. It does seem like one of those web apps that falls into this category of like, wow, this is like way better than it needs to be kind of thing. <laughs> like, where did this come from? It's just free and just works great. And what? <laughs> you know, like, right. why, how does this work? There's no paid plan or anything. You know what I would use this for like, like today is like diagrams and flowcharts. I know there's other apps that do that specifically, but they don't always like give you a cool SVG. So like, if you're just like, hey, I just need to like diagram something and share it, like, this seems like a cool way to do that because I'm sure I have blog posts that are waiting on that too. Like, yeah, I, I need to like diagram whatever. You know, I use Mermaid a lot, but you know, this would be cooler. So. Yeah, is Mermaid the like? I don't know. It's like Markdown for charts. Markdown or for charts. It's very cool. Mermaid JS. Um, and it's got a little DSL domain specific language uh, that you use, and it's. Kind of just like yeah. whatever foo, and then you draw an arrow in ASCII to bar, you know. And yeah, so like, I just wanted to get that on CodePen. We're gonna have to do that one of these days because everybody likes it on CodePen. I too. think it's a Markdown extension, so you can y'all have Markdown maybe. So might work. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, it's uh. Gosh, now that I think about it, do we have that in Luro? I think we do have it in Luro. I'll have to verify. <laughs> You know, sometimes you build a feature over a weekend in a few beers and you forget if it's in the application, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I don't actually know if it's in there or not. So, uh, but it does work in GitHub comments, which is super useful. It works in like, uh, works in readmes and stuff. And that's super useful. So you can kind of just, uh, like we have in our readmes for Lura, we have like basically like big diagrams of how the whole application comes together. And uh -huh. that's just the idea of like, oh, that's good. Good for yeah, you. <laughs> I know, I'm, hey, I'm trying to be cool guy. Uh, I'm a CTO, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like, uh, basically, if somebody paratroops into the application, they have no question about how it works. You know, like that's the goal is to kind of like give you a high enough level. Um, thing and I used to have this thing where Prisma, which is like our little database adapter ORM thing, would automatically generate. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't realize you're a, you're like a production user of Prisma. You're not just a oh, fan. Production user, yeah, yeah. Unless oh. it has a security problem, then no, we don't use it. At all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, production user. Um, I used to like read the schema file and then spit out an ERD, which is like a entity relationship diagram, you know, where it like shows the table, column names and the types and like 
links them all together, you know, all the tables together. Um, we used to like auto map our database, our data structure. So that was kind of cool, but, but there was a bug in that plugin and it failed on failed. Yeah. It's partly because of NPM, but if it failed on like generating yeah, on production and that's not what we wanted. So uh, no, <laughs> can't have the uh, production system fail because of your chart and graph doesn't load up your, your superfluous chart and graph. Yeah. So I think that might be all the time we have. We have a few more questions here, but we're going to have to punt them to a future show. <laughs> Eight more years later. <laughs> we can do We can get through it. Well, thank you, uh, dear listener, for downloading this uh, in your podcast. Your choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us um, on Mastodon at Shop Talk Show at Front End Social. Um, link will be in the show notes and uh, join us in the discord. I hear some, there's some D and D happening. That's exciting. So patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, it's really medium lively in there. I really like it. Shop talk show.com. <laughs>